Hi, this is Gail Trotter, host of Write in DC. I'm so excited today because I'm speaking with recording artist Joy Villa. I bet you remember when she made a big splash at this year's Grammy Awards. She was beautiful in a resplendent Make America Great Again dress. You're not going to want to miss our discussion. You're right in D.C. with Gail Trotter. This is Gail Trotter, and you're listening to Right in D.C. Today, we're speaking with Joy Villa. We are so honored to have Joy here to talk a little bit about her experiences and about current events and how she sees them right now. Joy, thank you so much for joining us on Right in D.C. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to you, too. I drove past Arlington Cemetery on my way to the studio today, and I have as a little Twitter uh, project going on. I tweet songs daily. I call them Gale songs. And today, with it being Memorial Day, I thought I definitely have to do a medley of all of the service, the military service hymns that we think of when we think of the Air Force and the Marines and Uh the Army. So thank you so much for pointing that out. Do you have any uh, family members or friends who have served in any of our armed forces? Oh, yes. A lot of family. I have my dad. He was in Vietnam, actually. Well, during the Vietnam era, era, he was in Germany. So he's a Vietnam era war vet. Wow. Um, my aunt, yeah, big time. And then my aunt is a captain, which well, is a retired captain. She served for 20 or 30 years as a captain in the Marines. Wow. And, um, yeah, that's my, that's my military family. And I've got some cousins who are looking at joining the Army soon. So we have big military. We love our military and my family. Go so Army. <laughs> hmm <laughs> You made a yeah, big you made a big splash in national and I would say even international news a few months ago when you chose to do something that was not part of the group think that we see coming out of Hollywood in the last year. Mm-hmm. Could you tell mm-hmm. a little bit about your experiences with that? Like set it up, set up the stage for us. Sure. Basically, um, as a conservative girl, you know, it's, n- it's not easy being conservative. It's not er- easy thinking against the grain in Hollywood, it's just kind of ignored, honestly, if you're, if you have any sort of conservative viewpoint or any other kind of viewpoint. Right. So you just, you just, you know, you go along with the flow. I mean, you don't necessarily agree. Like I never agreed with a lot of the democratic stuff or the left movements or all these things that come out, you know, this very pro feminism, pro gender neutral thing in Hollywood. It kind of started there, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you don't, you don't necessarily oppose it because to speak out, you would a get ignored. No one's going to pick up a story right. or B people would shoot you down. So it's kind of, it's pointless. It's senseless. And for me and my conservative friends, we would get together and, and sometimes talk politics. Um, but not as much as now. After, you know, the president got elected, you know, and I was late to the Trump train and, uh, but very passionate and very, very much a believer. It took me some time. And then I was like, okay, this is my president. And you and supported him. Around, and I supported him a hundred percent. You know, I voted for him. I was proud to vote for him. Still wasn't vocal about it, except for to my friends. But then it was suddenly 
it was like this niche group. We were like this underground, <laughs> you know, uh, rebel forces of supporting Trump because we start, your eyes get open. You go, wow, they still hate him. Even though he's right. the president, they're still attacking him. I mean, I kind of understand when people are running, there's a lot of mudslinging. It's yes. kind of the regular thing. Although this election cycle 2016 was really, cr- really crazy. Um, more crazy so than most other ones. But still, it's like, Okay, you're used to it. The news is going to, you know, whatever, show the mudslinging campaigning. But once someone's president, like history has shown normally they go a little more soft. You know, the first right. 100 days are a little bit more buoyant and like, okay, and then he's visiting the hospital. And you know, like they did with <laughs> Obama, they were very gentle on him. And like, oh, there he is with his wife. And you just kind of have tough pieces normally. And then when things don't change or change or whatever, then they attack him. But for our president, Donald Trump, they have attacked him mercilessly. And, yes. No honeymoon uh, is, for him, right? Cra- no honeymoon at all. And I mean, it was just, it's crazy. It's not right. And uh, my designer, Andre Soriano, one of my best friends, avid Trump supporter, like we called each other, you know, uh, after the election, we called each other when he got elected, like his, you know, coming in and talking about it. And it was midnight. We were in Los Angeles. <laughs> and it was just awesome. We were crying. We we're like, this is oh. so historic. Wow. You know, really celebrating just the two of us on the phone. And, yes. And, uh, my, my European husband doesn't totally get it. Not because <laughs> he does, he doesn't understand American politics and, you know, free speech and how, how seriously we take these things. Cause in Europe, they don't have that. They right. really don't have uh, a voice for the people. You just go along and you just trot along and live your life, you know. So I've educated him a lot through this whole, you know, our new presidential Trump era, which I love. And, uh, you know, it just kind of came around to where uh, Andre Soriano, he says, what if you wore this? I have this amazing, crazy idea. What if you wore? <laughs> it was in January, too. It was only like two, two, maybe two weeks before the Grammy, maybe three weeks. He says, I have this crazy idea. I have a Trump flag that I put in my house. They only put up one day and he called the police. He's like, uh, just make sure nobody vandalizes my house because I do have a Trump flag right. on my house. And that <laughs> might happen. He he there. Was, exactly. He was afraid that somebody would vandalize in San Diego too. So sometimes conservative, but still California. So he put it up in his house only on the day of the election and then he took it down. But he had this beautiful flag. He says, I want to make you a dress, a Trump dress. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Oh, let's that's it. pretty bold. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So then it happened. And then now, um, I've been more interested in politics than ever before. I feel like that's how America is now. Suddenly everybody's paying attention to what our president is doing. And also the more you lambast somebody, the more you insult somebody to me, it's the more I'm like, well, what, what has he done that made you so mad? Why are you so mad at him? You know? Great. Well, well, apart from the conservative principles, which I espouse as well, I think Mm -hmm. a really interesting thing that I would like to explore with you, because I think it would be very informative to not only adults, but also young adults who are trying to understand how to be free thinkers in a society Mm -hmm. that has this compulsory Mm -hmm. group think. How, how did you have the presence of mind and the character, like, like, regardless of concern, you know, not looking at the actual rightness of one particular side of any particular policy Mm -hmm. issue, but how do you have and how did you care, uh, cultivate the strength of character that you can be in some place like Hollywood and not conform to the rigid ideology that is put out 
uh, not only, you know, in terms of the media of Hollywood, but also in terms of just probably, I would think, uh, there's some kind of social pressure as well to have the same mm. opinion about these issues. That's a really good question. Well, Gail, I was Christian, conservative Christian, and I was raised knowing, you know, people are going to attack you or oppose your views no matter what. So just hold your head up high and dress, dress up, look good, and don't care what they think. My mom said, they're going to look at you anyway, so you might as well look good, you know? <laughs> and that dress was fabulous. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you were gorgeous. So much fun. Thank you. And um, so, you know, that's always been my, my thing. And I'm vegan. Um, I'm also a Scientologist. Um, I'm tall. I'm 5'10". I, um, I'm a mixed race. A lot of people don't understand being, you know, African-American and Choctaw and Cherokee and then also Italian. Having a white dad, you know, people are like, is that your dad or what? You know, I'm, I'm used to getting it. Ah. I'm used to getting a lot of strange reactions to myself and not right. caring, you know. I'm an artist, so I've always expressed myself and style and music. And I've always hung out with people who are just kind of more into that, you know, a, a very thought, school of thought. Right. So for me, it wasn't like, it's kind of something I've built up. And I always encourage in others, you just have to do you. You have to do what you believe in. You have to make up your own mind for yourself. Yes, you can take into account what people think and say, and I think you should research every issue, every side, no matter what your belief system, no matter what you were raised with or what the TV tells you. Look at every point of view and then make up your mind for yourself. And I think that that's always what I've been raised to do. That's always what I've done is made up my own mind for myself. Well, and you raised a really great point. I guess that's why people like me on the other side of the coast from Hollywood, when I look mm-hmm. at Hollywood and I see all these very creative people that think outside of the box and are mm-hmm. artistic, and yet they all have this stultifying conformity to a political ideology. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. one of the ones, I, I don't go out there and say, well, they're artists, they shouldn't have a political opinion, or they're not smart enough, or they're not educated enough. Right. But I don't understand how there's such a lack of variety of political opinions, or maybe there is a variety, but but there's some sort of culture in Hollywood that mm-hmm. prevents people from feeling like they can share their true opinion on these divisive political issues. That's what, that's actually what it is. There is a, a variety, but first of all, you have two different types. I would say you have three different types of people that come to Hollywood. And so you have the, the dreamers. Everyone's a dreamer. They come to Hollywood. They come from, you know, Arkansas, Alabama, whatever, and they want to make it. So they come right. out and they were probably raised conservative, but maybe it never really grabbed a hold of them. They don't really, you know, follow any ah. ideology. They're just living their life. So they come to Hollywood and I wouldn't say get brainwashed, but get, you know, they, <laughs> they want to fit in. It's like they want right. to fit in with the popular kids. So even though they were raised Republican or raised Christian or raised a certain way, they, they didn't, it didn't latch to them and they're willing to just kind of, you know, wash off those beliefs and follow whatever the conforming tide is to make it because it is very hard. It's a, it's a, it's a rough workplace to be in. There are no, you know, absolutes. There are no, Oh, I got a four year degree. So I get the gig. I get the job. I mean, it's a very tough road. It takes three to five years of just blood, sweat and tears before you can even get noticed in the artistic industry. And it's oversaturated. So you kind of want an edge up any way you can. And I think just by default, they say, Oh, well, everybody thinks like this. I have to think like that, you know, so-and-so who's a current star of the show says this, so I have to think like her. And they just conform with the popular kids, quote-unquote. So you have that type. And, right. you know, they just 
they don't have any, so they're very wavy in their belief system. Then you have the people who were raised a certain way with a certain belief, like let's say conservative, we're the minorities in Hollywood for sure, and Republican, <laughs> and they're strong. Yeah, we are the real minorities. Right. They want to speak about minorities. You know, they want to speak about privilege. How about liberal privilege? You know, Absolutely. nobody wants to talk about that. No, of course so, not. So, you know, <laughs> that's the real divide here. It's the, it's the absence of a different thought. So then people come in with their strong morals, their strong belief systems. They come into Hollywood. They're artists. You know, they want to, they want to work and then they get beat down. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was kind of me. You know, you come in and you have a strong belief system. Like I had a, an email that was actress for Jesus. I oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. That was my old email. I don't use it much anymore, but that was my first email address at anywhere. And it was just like, that's what I'm an actress, you know, and a singer and I love Jesus. And that's my email. Who cares? Right. right? That's me. That's who you are. And yes. I got, that's who I am. I didn't think anything of it. And then I put that on my resume, my first ever resume. Um, I was about oh, 15, 16 years old going on audition. And I got angry, an angry call one day. Someone called me and they go, actress for Jesus? Don't you know that everybody here in the industry is going to, is, is against you? No Christians right. can like real angry. Like, I mean, coming from outer space type of guy, right? Just calling right. me. And I was just like, oh, wow. Cause my number was on my resume as well, you know? And acting resume. And I said, okay. And then I just was like, all right. And then hung up. And I just laughed at that. I thought, wow, this guy's really angry. You know, I didn't think, oh, I should take it off. I thought this right. guy's really angry. But, you know, I got a lot of people who kind of looked at it and I thought, well, maybe I should, you know, kind of by default, maybe just smooth things over. So, and plus, you know, I wanted to be more professional. professional so I got Joy right. Villa. Yeah. And then, you know, you just, you kind of make choices and I don't regret it, but then you just kind of, you, you know, you go along with it. I never lost. It's not like I ever would say, no, okay, no, I'm not a Christian. I don't love Jesus. I still right. would talk about Jesus to my friends uh, on set. But you just, you know that if you do say anything publicly, you're going to get beat down. So you learn to live within the system without obstructing your morals and your beliefs. So that you have those types of, type of people. And those are the people who are just, they're not allowed to speak their views, basically, because <laughs> right. they just keep it to themselves. And you say, okay, fine. I've just been told that this is not workplace appropriate. Although somebody else can go and say, well, talk about something that's not quote unquote workplace appropriate, but they get all the love because oh, it's a liberal sure. type of thing. So then that's the second type. People who do have morals who, who it would be awesome if they did stand up because there's more than you think, but they're just quiet and they never get noticed anyway. So they don't talk about it. They go fine, whatever. Right. Then you have the other type who are strong at taking away anybody's sort of beliefs. They don't want you to talk about God. They don't want you to talk about that. They want to beat you down. They're, they'll do whatever it takes. You know, maybe they were raised Christian and then they come to Hollywood and they're like, F that. Right. Me. But they say, no, I'm going to purposely shed that image. I'm going to be as bad as I can. And I'm going to just, I don't care anymore. And then those are the people who sometimes rise to the top because they're willing to do whatever it takes, give away uh, any morals, sing about the drugs, sing about the alcohol and the sex, and they'll do whatever it takes to come to the top. And they're very aggressive with it. So those are the loud ones and those are the ones that get a lot of attention. And it seems like there's more of them. They're probably a small percentage. They're just very aggressive. So those are the two types of people. You have the wishy-washy type, the strong but silent, and then the aggressive and unfortunately in your face type. Well, we're going to take a short break here with Joy Villa. We're going to be right back. This is right in DC and this is your host, Gail Trotter. I'd like to mention the great work going on at Best Buddies. They create opportunities for leadership growth for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. 
You can learn more about them at bestbuddies.org. Welcome back to Right in D.C. with Gail Trotter. You're listening to Right in D.C. with Gail Trotter, and we're speaking today with Joy Villa about her amazing dress that she wore and stunned not only Hollywood, but also all of America and international uh, news was made as well. Joy, thank you again for speaking with us today. Absolutely. I am fascinated. So great to be here. We just spoke about these three groups in Hollywood, the ones that come and they kind of compromise their morals because they just aren't, aren't strong enough. It reminds me of that parable about the seed that's planted. Some of it is planted in good soil and sprouts up. Some of it is planted in the rocks and it doesn't take, and some is planted and the birds take it away. <clears throat> and it sounds like, you know, that was something from 2000 years ago that applies to what is going on in the entertainment industry now as well. Yeah, exactly. That's absolutely true. It totally is, you know, planting seeds. And it's like any industry, I think, is the same. I think if you have to climb to the top, Wall Street, or business, or anything, you probably have to do things that you'd rather not do. But in the entertainment industry, it's all about attention. It's all about look at me. And really, I don't think that that's a bad thing to get attention. Not at all. You know, it's actually great. You know, you're on stage, you're a performer. But some people will get attention for the wrong reasons and do whatever it takes to get attention. And those people get they get the attention, you know, and, and I don't care what you wear. I don't care. You know, for me, it's always been like, I don't care what you sing about, you know, as long as it's not hurting anybody. But when you are thinking about drugs and your main, your main audience is like 13 year olds, that, that bothers me. If you're an adult type artist, then, you know, you're allowed to sing about, you know, your experiences, you know, I don't think we should limit these people who've had, Colorful backgrounds. I mean, I've gone, fallen off the bandwagon, had a very colorful, I like to say, background. Being a preacher's daughter, I've yes. gone the opposite way as well. I had a, a wild six months, about a year in Hollywood where I tried everything. Um, and if I feel like I want to sing about that, that's fine. But if I was raised as a child star, and I don't want to name any names because we all know these types and they right. all circle around in Hollywood at all. You know, we've had them in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. It's just a different generation of the yes. same type of tropes. But if you're raised as a child star and your audience is primarily young and now you're going to sing about drugs and alcohol and promiscuous sex, that's not cool. Because you know your average age of people listening to your album is 12 and 13. And that, I feel like, is an immoral thing to do. And that's wrong. And I don't I do not do drugs. I don't even drink. And I don't like singing about that. I don't think it's, it's, it's cool to sing about popping bottles and doing drugs all the time. Why can't you have fun without that? And you can make good music without that. But that's what we see a lot on the radio. And kids are singing along to that, not knowing what people are talking about. You know, that bothers me a lot. I, I completely agree. And I was going to say, it would be interesting to hear you categorize these different artists in those different categories that you, or name the artists. But I, like you said, oh, I yeah. think we all know them. When you were talking about yeah. the child actress and the singer, you know, Three names pop yeah. into my mind immediately, and <laughs> exactly. I think we all know that. And, uh, and we it's all know them, yeah, yeah. And just to to turn it back a little bit to the the insanity of this election season and how it has not gone away, I can't mm-hmm. help but that you know I'm going to get a little controversial here, but I remember when Bill Clinton 
was revealed to be having sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky in the White House. And a feminist mm-hmm. said, you know, because he kept abortion legal, I would give him the same sexual treatment that Monica Lewinsky did. She didn't say it oh quite that God. veiled. But I'm thinking yeah. of that. Why do you think there's such hatred. hatred, hatred of Donald Trump <laughs> by Hollywood, by the music industry uh, for similar... Uh, it's not even similar behavior, but let, let's just posit that it's similar behavior to what Bill Clinton did. He's lauded right. by Hollywood. He is lauded by oh, big the time. music industry. And what, what is it about Donald Trump? Is it his policies? Is it his, is it his, um, adoration by, you know, flyover country, middle America that, um, right. they just see him as a champion for their values? What, mm-hmm. what is it? I, I think people just can't understand what it is about him that inspires mm-hmm. such hatred by the yeah. entertainment complex? That's a really great question. I like that you said by the entertainment specifically, since that's my, you know, realm. And I can tell you easily, it's, well, first of all, it, it is his charisma. He has a lot of charisma. He's a way of speaking that is straightforward, bold. He says it like it is. Black is black, white is white. He says what he sees and he's unabashed with it. And I think that stirs up a lot of people because po- politics you know, it's not supposed to be honest. It's not supposed to be straightforward. Right. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. So that scares people. And I think even in the entertainment industry scares people because he's unpredictable. And they like things predictable in the entertainment industry. The executives, the people behind the scenes, they like oh. it to be predictable. And I don't want to, you know, this is controversial because nobody in Hollywood talks about this. The people who actually run Hollywood is obviously not the starlets and stars. Right star boys and star girls that you see on the TV. It's the people behind the scenes who sign the contract, ink the deals and make the billions. And you don't even know their name. You know, it's very like behind the scenes, right? Some people know these guys, executives and stuff. Um, and some of them have approached me too, which is, which is awesome, you know, but I do think my own way, but going really? back to that, mm. it's those guys, yeah, those are the ones who sort of tell you, you know, what you should do. And they like things predictable. They like things to be like, like, for instance, not naming names, we have, you know, Hillary Clinton, can name her presidential yes. nominee for the Democratic Party. And then you have, uh, you know, the artist who was totally oh, yes. supporting her. <laughs> I right? We have a lot about. of them. But you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. And the reason I, I do. don't like to name names is because that becomes the subject. Someone will hear your radio show. I'm sure you right. have a ton of listeners. And they'll do a whole article about that. Joy, right. Ver- Joy Villa versus... <laughs> So-and-so. Or they'll attack so-and-so. And that becomes the whole article. You, as soon as you drop a name. And I, and I right. like to say, I like to stay classy. I'm like, everyone knows these people who I'm yeah. talking about. Yes. So you have the artist who was heavy, heavy, heavy campaigning for her. And you could just see she was like, both of them were like, this, this is my time. You know, Hillary's going to be the president. I'm going to yes. be the artist in the White House. And, and I'm going to do kind of like Beyonce did with uh, Obama. Yes, you know, right. kind of the artist star, always invited, always performing. always. You know, like the presidents like to take a certain artist like Marilyn Monroe and JFK, you know. Like you, you kind of become the starlet of that presidential era. So you could just tell this particular artist was like, I've got this in the bag. Totally done. Signed, still delivered. And when it didn't happen... This artist has made the campaign to attack our president. Right. Why? Because that's how you stay in the news. If you lost, bold-faced <laughs> lost, like right. really embarrassingly <laughs> lost, 
I mean, honestly, it would have been a better political move to just go to what's happening now and say, well, now I support our president. I had some heavy yes. thoughts. And, you know, even though it's fake and it's on the surface, it's fine. It's a better political move to just say, I'm in support of our president. Or just stay out of politics. Oh, fine. But this person is now campaigning against the president. And that, to me, it just shows how they're embarrassed. So I feel right. like the more you attack the president, because you have an issue, you have a problem, you messed up along the line. And the more bold he is, like he calls out, you know, the loose immigration policies that we've had and how it's affected our country in a bad way. That stirs up people who have maybe campaigned for those loose immigration policies thinking they were in the right. And then you have all these terrorist attacks and then they go, oh, man, I actually messed up. But instead of owning up to it, I'm going to attack the president. Even Republicans, the Republicans who supported the loose immigration policies. (laughs) Yeah, even Republicans, because there's a lot that want to go. It makes you look bad. So instead of, it's like somebody who's always screaming, liar, liar, liar. I hate liars. That person's a liar. I hate when people lie to me. That person who says that all day long is the liar. The more you insult others and say, oh, I would never lie to you. And I don't like liars. And I don't let liars in my life. That makes me think you're the liar. And so that's kind of what the media, what other Democratic parties, what what the Republican parties, what other people, anyone who lambasts our president, basically they're calling out that everything he does stirs up what they didn't do, what they did wrong. That's well, why me, they hate him. I think overall. Let me follow up on one point. You're saying that the, these executives who are inking all the deals and making sure that these artists make money for their companies, that they don't like mm-hmm. unpredictability. So with yes. that artist who shall go unnamed, the fact yes. that she lost, her candidate lost the election, now she's doubling down yep. on attacking our president. Do you think yeah. that that is going to harm her career? Do you think the executives are not going to like that she is doing that? Because she's certainly going to alienate some of her supporters. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Well, that's an awesome question. So the executives, all they care about is numbers, right? They care about right. numbers. It's cart. It's, it's cold, hard numbers. Right. That's why <laughs> That's why they call me up and want me a part of the team. It's because my numbers are there. You cannot lie. The numbers ah. don't lie. When you sell over 30,000 copies in four days of an album that is independently produced, like I did after the Grammys, they go, okay, this girl's got something. When you make the charts, number one yes. uh, in alternative and rock on Billboard, number 12 in the top 200, which they put millions behind these artists who are making those charts. Right. And they didn't put any money in me, yet I got up there. You know, uh, when you sell out number one on iTunes and Amazon. I mean, when you make those kind of numbers and push those kind of digits, that's when the executives go, wait a second, maybe we need to side with that. And so this particular artist, going back to her, right, it's already affecting her. I can already see the numbers, the sales have gone down. I follow these charts, you know, I, I'm interested in it since it's wow. my industry. Yeah. I can already see that she's not, you know, the, the tour numbers are not going as well. I can already see this artist's career declining, also in wow. aesthetics. When I look at the aesthetics of an artist, you can always yes. tell. Personally, this is my point of view, and I think you can always tell the aesthetics of an artist from where they start. Usually they start with a very bold aesthetic statement, and you're like, wow, like Avril Lavigne. She came on the scene as a yes. skater girl. She had the right. tie to the beat-up chucks and the hair and the eyeliner. The so eyeliner. Different. And it was yeah. like, oh, yeah, she was a little punky. She was the outcast girl at Catholic yeah. school, and she was. Yeah. Every, now everyone <laughs> to look like that rather than the Britney Spears, very glam, right? So right. it was like a, a cool aesthetic. And you see someone like that, and then you see the aesthetic change, 
And that usually can be accepted and cool. Now Avril Lavigne's doing something different. Maybe now she's choosing the worst dresses and she's, and then you see when they're on the decline, not to insult Avril, uh, but then their aesthetic changes and looks like everyone else. Like I, I see Avril oh. Lavigne now, she doesn't necessarily look like herself anymore. Right, she, right, right. And artists evolve and usually it's a good evolution. But when you start to see their aesthetic decline where you go, I didn't even recognize that. I thought that was Brittany or I thought that was someone else. Right. You can't recognize them anymore. They don't, they're not set apart. That's when you can see that their career is on the decline. Oh, that Personally, is so fascinating. I, know, I look at that. Well, it I'm is. going and to this a... artist now. Oh, go ahead. Yes. I was going to say, and this artist now who is now against our president, I see that their aesthetic is on the decline. They're trying something too radical too away from where they started. If you look at where they started in their career, it's not consistent. Like Beyonce is a perfect example of consistency in her image and branding. You can spot her out of a crowd. You know, she, she bears it well. And that's right. just marketing. So these executives, once they see the defining and the desperation and the numbers, they're you know, eventually they're going to be like, well, wait a second. We have these so-called flyover states that are actually buying albums. Maybe we should support <laughs> artists who support those people. That's right. Well, I am yeah. going to a red carpet gala in Hollywood in about a week's oh, time. And I wish nice. I had a designer friend who could make me such a fabulous dress for such oh, an Oh, you event. need to contact Andre. Contact Andre Soriano. Go to AndreSoriano.com. Send him an email. I'm sure he would love to dress you. Oh, that would be great. I definitely will. And yeah. uh, re- related to that, um, just kind of, we have about two minutes left. Uh, you have made okay. a successful career. And like you said, it takes a long time. It's a lot of effort. There are different ways to do mm-hmm. it before any young people who are out there who are aspiring actresses or musicians, uh, anybody who wants to kind of follow the path that you have laid out, what advice would you give them, especially if they are conservative or even just not crazy liberal? Yes. Yes. Even if you're just not crazy liberal, <laughs> like if you're just on the fence or in the middle, right, a little right. bit conservative, a little bit libertarian, a little bit nationalist, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say be yourself, be bold. You have to take chances um, and you have to listen to yourself. And the difference with the aesthetics, I go back to that, is when you take chances, when you say, I just love wearing red suits all the time, that's my thing. And then some executive says, no, you can't wear a red suit. We, blue is, is in. That's the season in. Right? right. And then you say, okay, and this could be figuratively or literally. Then you, you start to, to take away your power when you say, oh, okay, I'll do what you say. Don't do that. Be yourself. Be bold. If you are political, then be political. You could be a political artist. If you're not, you don't have to jump into politics. You don't, nobody says, you know, nobody has to tell you what to do. Like, there's no rule that you have to think a certain way, even though it seems like it. Right. Be yourself, put out great art, focus all your energy into listening to your own voice and putting out whatever music you write. If it's gospel, then make it gospel. You don't have to change the lyrics to suit someone. If it's rock, be rock, just be yourself because that uniqueness is what is actually going to stand out in the industry. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I want to just thank you, Joy, so much for speaking with us. And if people want to learn more about your art and your life story, where can they go to find out more information and follow your work? You can go to joyvilla.com. I have a new music video I just released. It's a remix of my Vagabond, number one selling song, shot in uh, Hotel Vagabond in Singapore at joyvilla.com. Thank you so much, Joy. This is Gail Trotter, and you've been listening to Right in D.C. This is Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C., 
Music provided by local band Trio Caliente. Visit their website at triocaliente.com or sample their music on iTunes. We also want to give a special thank you to Hillsdale College. We are recording today's podcast at the Kirby Center on Capitol Hill. Hillsdale College is located in South Central Michigan, and you can learn more about the college at hillsdalecollege.edu. You can like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and hear me every week on iTunes. This is Gail Trotter, right in D.C. Right in D.C.